I grew up in a world where the whole fear mongering of it's going to be slow your first year in business uh, wasn't something that I was raised to believe. The idea that most businesses fail was not something that I grew up watching. Here's the real lesson. What happens when you go into the nature of your business with the premise that it doesn't have to be hard? What happens when you go into this situation with the idea that actually it could be easy, it could be exciting, and it could be a whole lot of fun? You know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Imagine the changes you will create in your business as you tap into the secrets of ethical influence and positive persuasion to not only better serve your clients, but also to supercharge your financial freedom. I'm your host, Jason Lynette, and welcome to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. I help entrepreneurs and business owners just like you to close more premium sales. And no, this isn't about tricking or manipulating people, not at all. It's about helping your prospects to appropriately sell themselves into your products or services. Please hit subscribe and get all the episodes now at jasonlinette.com. This is a business podcast. That being said, this is a very different business podcast because this is Hypnotic Language Hacks, where it's not just about the strategies and the techniques necessary to run a massively successful business. It's also about what happens when we take hypnotic language principles and apply it not only to our advertising and our marketing and our promotion, but also at times as it is today to our own internal thinking our thought process in terms of where we can become our own best hero of our stories of how we start up or even scale up what we do in our work. But then again, sometimes we can become our own worst enemy. And I'd rather you become the hero of your story, which is where for today's episode, let's call out the reality that chances are there are two very different audiences who are going to listen to this episode at the same time. For one group of you, you've already started up your business. Maybe you're already out there selling your product or offering your service, and perhaps your intention now, the fact that you're listening to this program, means you're realizing it's time to scale up what you do. But then again, there's another category of you out there who are just at the cusp. You're standing on the edge of the swimming pool, and it's about time to dive in, and you're still thinking about it. And then you're still thinking about it, and you might be thinking about it some more. And it's where you now just need that little bit of a nudge, just that little bit of a push in a new direction to really launch what it's time to launch and build something massive. So this week's episode, How to Go Full-Time, is about the strategies and the techniques to make that happen, as well as the mental adjustments, the hypnotic mind shifts necessary to start up something absolutely incredible. Before we get started today, if you want to easily grab people's attention, naturally build authority, and organically have your prospects wanting more from you, even before you've made an offer, I've created a step-by-step -step program to help you to do just that. It's called Business Influence Systems. And this is your opportunity now to visit jasonlinette.com to get a free behind-the-scenes tour of the exact hypnotic persuasion strategies that you can ethically use to better start up or scale up your business. If you want a proven framework to boost your confidence, attract premium clients, and inspire more people to take action with you, get Business Influence Systems now at jasonlinette.com. This is a business podcast. That being said, this is very clearly a very different business podcast 
because this is hypnotic language hacks where it's not just about the strategies and the techniques you use to better scale up your business. It's also about what happens when you apply the techniques of hypnotic communication and hypnotic influence and persuasion to your advertising, to your marketing and your promotion. Though then again, at the same time, there's an appropriate dash of personal development that has to be there because the old phrase of the way you are here is the way you are everywhere else. That very often a big major shift has to occur within our own thoughts before any technique in business could ever be effective. And one small disclaimer to where we're about to go. It would be the simple fact that what's a match, what's successful in someone else's business may need to be modified slightly for your current situation. And I say that because chances are, you know, some of the same glamorous stories that were out there where here's the movie director who suddenly tore apart his life, sold everything he owned, maxed out every single credit card. And basically to say it politely was damn lucky that the movie then was a success and launched the rest of his career. You see inside of this program, I'd always want you to operate from a place of safety and security. And yes, as Will Ferrell once said, strategery, which is a beautiful word even though it's not a word. <laughs> this place where now we operate from a place of calculation. So now we're making a risk in such a way at worse, we only break even as opposed to losing everything. So the nature of where we're about to go, I'll share with you some of the insights towards what I've seen to be effective in terms of going from part-time to full-time, as well as some of the specific languaging, some of the hypnotic language hacks to get there even faster. Which to set this all up, let me expand a little bit more of my personal story. I was working a job that previously was what I perceived to be my life's career, my life's goal, that working as the wizard behind the curtain in professional theater. Now, mind you, again, I wasn't the actor, director, or designer. I was the guy behind the scenes, calling cues, organizing scene changes, and doing the stuff that was not as artistic. And I bring this up because this is what, again, I had perceived to be the dream job and everything was leading up to a specific point in time where here was the job of a lifetime. And yes, indeed it was offered to me. Meanwhile, here was the divide. I was starting to burn out beautifully in that career. I was starting to get fed up with the hours of working really, really long hours, having no control over my lifestyle and respectfully speaking, or even disrespectfully speaking, nonprofit arts turns out to be nonprofit for just about everybody involved. So this hypnosis thing that I did was on the side. It was this sort of part-time hobby. Now in my head, I was doing something very dangerous and let me set this up properly and listen very carefully to the phrasing here. All of you out there need to stop shooting all over yourself and make sure you heard that carefully. Everything is transcribed over at jasonlinette.com forward slash 13. That's this week's episode. Stop shooting all over yourself because I was stuck in a pattern of doing what I thought I should do from my education. I was informed you're the intern, then you're the assistant, then you're the stage manager, then you're the production manager. And here was this career path that was perfectly mapped out. And to say it politely, it was no longer my goal. Now, meanwhile, hypnosis had been a hobby 
for like six or seven years. And I'll tell you why this podcast was launched. And indeed, this is also part of the backstory of Work Smart Business, my book that came out in January of 2019. Let's just call this out ahead of time. I'm a hypnotist. I'm in a career path where one part of what I do has to begin with the promise that I'm not going to make you bark like a dog or I'm not going to make you cluck like a chicken. And chances are some of you out there, you're a real estate agent, you're a personal trainer, you're a chef, you're an accountant, uh, you've got some product that you sell. You do not have the barriers that I had to get up and running. So if I've been able to create the success that I've had with these roadblocks so very clearly, even brick walls along the way, chances are your path to success could become a whole lot easier if we just simply change your words, change your thinking, and change your strategies. That's basically what Hypnotic Language Hacks is all about. So I had crafted this gorgeous, oh, it was beautiful. I had crafted this beautiful five-year plan because why? That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you should do. And I found myself again in this beautiful place of burnout. Enough was enough. And just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it for the rest of your life. And it became a massive risk that I jumped ship. The job offer was there and I respectfully said no. And that's about the same time we then decided to move from one state here in the US to another. And I opened up the business and I have not looked back since. Now, for those of you, that have not maybe heard episode number one, Welcome to Hypnotic Language Hacks. That's where I expanded a little bit more detail on the story, where that episode began, where I'm standing in an empty room. I had signed a big, scary three-year lease. And, and here was the thinking, I have to make this work. I did not give myself an out. Now, it was very calculated. My rent was relatively low, and I already had the skills inside of what I did. Because here's what's missing from that story. Not that anything was hidden, just it's a factor that didn't quite have to be there as prominent in the first episode of this program. I had several years to incubate. And granted, I was already out there doing hypnosis. Again, this weird thing that I do, your path is probably a whole lot easier than mine. I was already out there doing programs for schools and corporate groups. It was a motivational program where I would basically find out what are the problems that your group is facing? What issues are your staff members or even your students dealing with? And then I would custom design a program around that. So it was the old formula of invite them to care by laughter and entertainment to then invite them to listen. And I had schools where suddenly the crime and the drug issues dropped away. I had schools where to say it politely, our problems with children going off and producing more children has become less of a problem. It's not happening as much. And we think you're a lot to blame for that. Well, a lot to thank for that. Depends on who's having that conversation there. That was a good slip of the tongue there. So even corporate groups where I'd be in front of them. And again, I get to be the bearer of good news that, hey, everybody, you haven't been laid off yet. And we're done doing that. So now let's all laugh and do something fun together. Which again, stage hypnotist with a hypnotherapist heart. I give you that as the background because there's one thing that I noticed. And this is a big part of this week's episode. One segment of my audience were high schools. And very often, high schools had a very common problem. They didn't have enough money. And the kids could then go off and sell a bunch of crap that no one wanted. Sorry, but you know it's true. Here are the 
bags of popcorn, here's all the wrapping paper, which you and I both know we can hit Walmart or Target and buy better wrapping paper at a lot less money. And so often in those fundraisers, you know, people were going, look, can I just cut a check? I don't even want that stuff. So very often schools would find themselves doing a fundraiser that no one enjoyed. You know, the end of the day, everyone's got chapped hands from the car wash and yay, they've got a couple of hundred bucks. When true story, with what I used to do, I've since retired myself from this, I could go into a high school, we would sell tickets to an assembly program at the end of the day, and they'd walk away with three or $4,000. There's the senior class gift. There was the entire funding for prom, you know, and they could earn a lot of money. I, I give you that as the setup, because here is the specific moment that for me, a lot of the thinking changed. Early on, I did not have the massive resume in that business. So I gave the schools two options. Option number one was the ticket split, no risk fundraiser. My staff will send you a big box of tickets and then you sell them and then based on the amount that's sold, we'll split up the percentage of income based on this chart. That was the no risk option. Option number two, just buy the show. Here, buy it for this amount of money, anywhere between like $1,200 to $1,500. I'd be on stage for about an hour and a half. And no matter what you sell, you get to keep all the profits, you know, because you've already paid me. Now, now, here's what would happen. And I want you to think about this very carefully here. The school that would do the no risk would go into this equation with the thought process of, well, it'd be nice if we earned some money. It'd be nice if we raised some money. And you might not be surprised to find out the school going in with no risk sometimes maybe only sold 60 or 70 tickets which meant at the end of the night, neither of us were happy, to say it politely. Meanwhile, the other schools that would just go out and just buy the program, those are the ones that consistently would call me up two or three days before and go, hey, can we move the show to the gym? We've sold too many seats, too many tickets, and the kids won't fit in the auditorium. Can we do it in the gym? And they were thrilled. Why? Because I had been paid already. And yet, meanwhile, five, six, sometimes $7,000 had been raised. Now, this episode is not about the cool fundraising program that I don't even offer anymore. But I want you to think about exactly what happened. We're setting up a metaphor here. Exactly what happened when the schools made a different decision. The first group with the ticket split fundraiser, it'd be nice if we earned some money. The group going into it with the mindset of now, we've already paid Jason, and if we don't sell tickets, we're out 1,500 bucks, what would happen? They were out 1,500 bucks. This is where they realized, we have to sell 150 tickets to just break even on this thing, but then everything after that is ours to keep. And it was a different level of, let's call it skin in the game. So I'd ask you to take a moment and ask yourself the question of, what are you doing right now? where maybe you're playing it a little bit too safe. There always has to be some level of calculated risk, which is where I'd encourage, if you try to sell everything to everybody, you very often end up selling nothing to nobody. So this is where if you're somebody who's launching a product, if you're somebody who's offering a service, there's a little word spelled N-I-C-H-E, and some cultures like to pronounce that niche, I say call it niche because niche rhymes with rich. And especially in terms of a startup strategy, 
Don't go out there trying to be everything to everybody. This is where what I say to even my students going through certification programs in terms of training. Pick like one or two specific things that you want to focus on the most and let that be your dominant message. Otherwise, you're going to start to spread yourself too thin. You're going to start to water down your messaging in such a way that, again, there's, it's kind of hard to track what you're doing, which is a side note. This week's episode is not about Facebook marketing, but think about this as a correlation for a moment. It's where you could, if you've ever been inside of the advertising portal inside of Facebook, you could create one campaign. And in that one campaign, suddenly you list anything and everything that your ideal audience might be interested in. And chances are, it might work for you, which is awesome. But there's a problem with that. You won't be able to track exactly what is working, right? Because instead, if instead it was a bunch of individual campaigns, now you have a way of measuring and calibrating exactly what is working, which right there alone, we've hit two points in terms of things you must be aware of as you're starting up or even scaling up a business. One, specificity and messaging. One of the best things I ever heard, and I wish I remembered exactly where I heard this first, and chances are I might be combining a bunch of sources, was to think about your business under the guise of a dog whistle. Think about that for a moment. Now, I have two dogs. Uh, Blossom is now an 11-year-old Beagle Pug Terrier mix, and Cheddar, yes, indeed, Cheddar is a Corgi. And we have not trained our dogs to do this, but imagine the scenario that we've trained our dogs to respond to a dog whistle. No, I don't have one. I just badly pretended. And the whole idea is this. If I went to the dog park and Blossom and Cheddar were out there running around and I blew that dog whistle, I would not want every dog in the park to come running. No, no, no. I would want just my two dogs to come running over. And here's one of the biggest breakthroughs that I've seen people face in their business. The moment you give yourself a permission slip to not be a match to everybody in the world. That's where things truly take off. That's where even as I publish this Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast, I know not every single guest I have on the program is going to be a match for everybody out there in the audience. But then again, oftentimes in my introduction, as your host in this series, is to call out the reasons why you should absolutely listen as to what insights, what mindsets you might be able to begin to derive directly from that person. So as soon as you give yourself permission to not be a match to everybody in the world, you actually give yourself a greater permission to be that one and only resource to the right people at the right time to get your message out there. So, so keep that in mind. If you try to be everything to everybody, you often end up becoming nothing to nobody. So especially in the early stages of things, Pick like one or two specialties to really be that focus. Which where it's about time, I talk about my lifestyle growing up as a kid where I was much too young to remember this specific moment, yet the story was a big part of my upbringing. Uh, my mother was the receptionist for a well-known peanut company with a huge um, humanized peanut with a monocle and a cane. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and my father was working as delivery driver as well as salesperson for a plastics company. So very clearly, mom was working as a receptionist. My father was basically working as a delivery truck driver. And meanwhile, on their 
honeymoon, on their vacation, they were in Germany, and my father purchased a camera. Now, this story now goes back more than 40 years ago at this point, and it was one of these medium format Hasselblad cameras, really fancy older style camera with film. And it slowly became a bit of a hobby of theirs, and because Mike was the guy with the nice camera, they went, hey, can you take photos? And he said yes. And eventually that became, hey, could you take pictures of our wedding? And he said yes. And the side hustle slowly became a part-time job. Now, now what's interesting to the story, and the lesson to be learned here, is make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who cheer you on. Because as the story was told to me over the years, it never really was a conflict. Yet the former boss did not like that he was going off and earning an income from this other side job. And no, he wasn't using the plastics company truck for that. That's what would be inappropriate. No, that wasn't even the case. And no, it wasn't even interfering. Let me use the professional medical terminology. This guy had some bug up his ass that one of his employees was going out there and starting up a business on his own. To which he gave my father the perfect ultimatum. Choose. And the keys were handed over. And that was the end of it did not look back. How cool is that? Which, by the way, there's a lesson that's to be earned out of that. Uh, I grew up in a world where the whole fear-mongering of it's going to be slow your first year in business uh, wasn't something that I was raised to believe. The idea that most businesses fail was not something that I grew up watching because suddenly they went from these other careers to something where they were soon traveling the world taking photographs as well as entering into competitions. My mother becoming the first female business owner in several categories to win some top awards. And to see this inspiration growing up along the way kind of set the stage to go off and do my own thing. Which, take note, I wouldn't just say that maybe that was a bit of an advantage in terms of the thinking about business and the studio was in the home. So sometimes I could hear the sales conversation in what used to be our living room, <laughs> which was now where all the wedding albums were laid out and my mother and father would do the sales process. Here's the real lesson. What happens when you go into the nature of your business with the premise that it doesn't have to be hard? What happens when you go into this situation with the idea that actually it could be easy, it could be exciting, and it could be a whole lot of fun? Because that's what I got to see growing up as my parents were often doing these weddings all around the world before they slowed things down as they're now nearly in their 70s and have a right to kind of slow things down. So it was a bit of a mindset. I looked at that and I remember back to that story. And again, there I was standing in this big empty office. And here was honestly part of the thought process. If I ran the math on that office, yes, the three-year amount was a big scary number yet the monthly expense was somewhere around like $500. And in my head at the time, I was selling individual one-to-one, -one, basically hypnotherapy sessions for about $150, $175. And this was my thought process. And this is what I want to share with you here too. As I went into that situation, it was instead of what if I can't do this, it was instead, if I can't book three appointments a month just to break even, I am doing something wrong. And that's really the thought process that I brought to that. If I can't do X, it's got to be my fault, or even better, I'm not even trying. 
So I bring that up sometimes when I'm talking to, I was on the call this morning with a student of mine, someone in the accelerator program, and we were looking at the fact that he was kind of scattered with bits of software. He was kind of spreading himself thin with uh, so, so many different tasks that he was the one responsible for doing. And I'll give you the shortcut of this. Simply investing in an email autoresponder. MailChimp, AWeber, Infusionsoft, ActiveCampaign, GetResponse, any of them. That would have been a big part of the solution. As well as looking into some sort of scheduling software. Here's the list again. Acuity, Calendly, Schedule Once. I'm sure there's others. You know, and then from there he was looking at I want to make use of a membership software, to which I go, you know what? Just, just go with Kajabi. I mean, Business Influence Systems, my hypnotic business languaging program, that's on Kajabi. And that could be its own all-in-one solution. And if you haven't looked into this, go, go to the show notes for this episode. I'll give you a, yes, it's an affiliate link, but it gives you four weeks for free as a trial rather than just two. Check it out. I think it's great. And it became the task of him realizing if he signed up for the service, Yes, it would have run him like $1,200 a year, yet for his specific business, that's one client. And even the shape of his business right now, he's booking like three or four clients new a week. So business is good. We're helping him right now with a scale-up phase. So as he put it, he goes, I can make the investment of one person a year to pay for the software for the entire year. So there does come a game to, to start to play this game of cost comparison type thing where, you know, I can look at the fact of here in the United States, USA, 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 we have to pay for our own health insurance. And yet at the end of the year, if I'm forfeiting the income of one new client, one new product purchase to have the better insurance for the entire year, it's worth it. It's where if physical office, which is not so much of an issue, it turns out in the year 2020, if a physical office space is part of what you're looking for, what small extra investment would be necessary to have a space that's comfortable for your clients, that's appropriate for your business for the entire year? So how to go full time? I'm talking right now in terms of calculated risk as to what has to happen. We've talked about the fact of let's model those high school fundraisers where suddenly they realized I have to make this work. And they did. Let's look at the nature of my parents following a passion where there was an ultimatum. And we realized, just as I did as the job offer came in, here's the thing that I'm really passionate about. We've talked about specificity. I wasn't trying to offer anything and everything to everybody. It was instead bringing it down to one or two specific things, which even though some of you might be watching this week's episode on YouTube, we always go out on video, the majority of you might be listening to it on an audio podcast, which think about this for a moment. As you're building out a website, make sure, and I want you to hear this phrasing very carefully, you smack your ideal clients as soon as they land on your website. And yes, indeed, my friends, that is a metaphor. Here's what I mean by this. Think about when you go to a website, across the top of it, there's a navigation bar. And that's where, respectfully, you want to smack your ideal clients with your ideal services or products right from the moment they land on the website. So the biggest driver of my business up until a few years ago was a local brick-and-mortar office by the name of Virginia Hypnosis. And in that business, I had three specialties at the origin of things. Helping people overcome fears, 
helping people to lose weight with hypnosis, helping people to quit smoking with hypnosis. Now, it's not that I wasn't effective at certain things. It was instead I discovered from market research by looking at Google search analytics, those were the things that most people were looking for. So take note of that. I did some market research to find what were people looking for, and I made sure it was massively easy for those people to find me. So think in terms of the website. Across the top of that navigation bar, yes, there was the icon where they can click to go back to the homepage. Yet more importantly, across the top, there was quit smoking, lose weight, overcome fear, and the next thing on the navigation bar was other. Everything on other was a drop down. Now, for those of you with some kind of service related job, service related industry that you're looking to go into, this is a very cool thing to model. Why? Because this allows me to position myself as a generalist, yet also by going out as a specialist. Think about that for a moment. Let's use any accountant as an example, where the accountant could have small business, personal income as an employee, but then under a drop-down could be nonprofits, as another drop-down could be bookkeeping. What are the other services? And it comes down to, again, metaphorically, what message do you smack your audience with the moment they land on the site? Now, over time, this can change for you. So recognize there's always going to be some level of flexibility in the work that you do. Because nowadays, my quote big three on that website say, stop smoking, business confidence, and then hypnosis training. And then there's other, which inside of that are some other categories. The same as if you look at the jasonlinette.com website, there's basically two pathways that people could go. The majority of people end up joining a program like Business Influence Systems, which is a learn at your own pace program. There's group consultations and group formulas and group coaching inside of that, thanks to our private community. But that's where the majority of people end up inside of that program, where they want to do it a little bit more self-guided on their own. Meanwhile, the smaller group of people, given the price tag and the time commitment, end up inside of Business Influence Accelerator. That's my one-to-one -one coaching where it's you and I doing the work to really strategize what you do and punch up your marketing and put the messaging in the right way. So there's only two pathways that someone could go, which clearly there's other things I could do. And I made it a point to open up this week with the story of working for schools an industry that I retired myself from back in 2007 or 2008, 2017 or 2018. I don't do that anymore. Why? Because just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it for the rest of your life. So give yourself permission to evolve. Give yourself permission to outgrow something. Give yourself permission to suddenly throw a wrench inside of what you do and change it up. This brings about a story. I was at a conference in Las Vegas about maybe two years ago at the time of this episode. And I was talking about principles of hypnotic communication, specifically to grow a business. You know, that sounds familiar now, doesn't it? <laughs> and in that talk, I did a previous episode on this podcast series about persuasive strategies for video. And a rather polite woman in the back of the audience raises her hand and she goes, but I am just bursting at the seams in my business. You know what? I am just struggling to find some spare time. I don't even know when I could produce the video. And I'll tell you the reality. 
because I'm here right now with you, my podcast audience, because I set time in my schedule to not do anything other than sit in front of the cameras wearing the microphone and talk to all of you, the listeners of Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. If I didn't do that, this episode wouldn't exist. If you head over to jasonlinette.com, and even if you look at Business Influence Systems, it's not just going to go in and give you a tour of the program. To go through that sequence on that page off of my website lets you watch a video where step-by-step, step, it actually teaches you a business influence method that all of you could put to use today. And I'll tell you that right now, while you're listening to me, someone, chances are, given the odds of things right now, they're watching that video and they're signing up and paying for that program, even while I'm here with you, at least in this automated digital format. Which think about that. This is the story that I basically told that woman. It's your willingness to turn off what's working now that helps you to scale up something bigger and better in the future. So think about that for a moment. The willingness to turn off what's working to suddenly start to build something else. So this is that calculated risk where, for example, in the build out of a recent big project, I didn't completely shut off everything. I took a step back and I asked myself, what will work without me there? And so here's where there's digital courses for another market. Those are still running. Here's one-to-one -one client times, which that's still a dollars for hours thing for me, even if it is the accelerator that I offer. That still requires me to be there in real time. The amateur changes their act, the professional changes their audience, and I began to shift the audience that I was the most excited to speak to. So here's the lesson to take from this segment. At any point in your business, you have a right to decide who you want to spend the most time with. What are those groups of people? What are those markets that you really enjoy communicating with? And let that become your dominant focus. Lifestyle design at its best. But let's start to bring this all full circle because everything up until now has been really that mindset adjustment. Because think about that time bit of it. What would happen for you if you simply set four hours three times a week to start to build out, let's say, the infrastructure of this new venture. That might be the time where you're building a website, or even better, that might be the time as you're now out there uh, starting to put that messaging out there. But even so, to think of it now as to that's that incubation phase, where now you're starting to put that message out there in such a way that you can easily transition, as I did, and it's as if you never took a day off. There was never a lag in your income. There was never a lapse in your quality of life. So what do you do to get started? Here's my final suggestion to you. Do not lie to the audiences to whom you market, because if you're a liar, your pants would soon be on fire. I don't know if that's true, but it rhymes, and that's an old phrase. So liar, liar, pants on fire. Don't do that. Instead, here's the reality. Here's what we can do instead. We can start to hack our hypnotic language. Ooh, how clever on a program called Hypnotic Language Hacks. First of all, here's the first half of this. You might be brand new at what you do. And if you said, I've never worked with anyone before. Oh, you're the first person to buy my product. That might scare some people away. Instead, what could you do to frame that idea a little bit differently? Well, I'm so excited that we've just launched a new up-to-date version of this program. How's that? Well, it is up to date and it is new and it is a new version, even if it is version 1.0. So just a little bit of bending of language 
we can start to create new pictures, new frames, new ideas in people's minds. I've just launched a new version of this program. Or perhaps for those of you that just began a journey that started with education, I've just been trained in some of the most up-to-date techniques and up-to-date methods of fill-in-the-blank. Services, products will fit into that as well. And I'm so excited now to be offering fill-in-the-blank. I've been recently trained in some of the most up-to-date techniques of blank, and I'm now so excited to offer blank. There's strategy number one. Here's strategy number two. How do we make that gradual transition, if that's a better fit for you, if jumping into the swimming pool without the swimmies is not quite within your uh, guts yet? Here's how. Well, you know what? My schedule is full. However, I've got Tuesday evenings open. I can do either a seven or a nine. What's best for you? Assuming you've carved out that block of time and that's now the time that you offer. And what do you do when that Tuesday night at two o'clock at seven and nine is now full? Expand it. Because you know what? My schedule is full. However, I've got time available Tuesday night and Saturday morning. What's best for you? We've now opened up two chunks of time. Then once you've filled that up, well, you know what? My schedule is full. However, I've got Saturday morning, Sunday afternoons, and Tuesday evenings available. What's best for you? And as soon as you start to fill up those three chunks of time, you've got a bit of a calculation to make. It might be time to jump in. It might be your time to now go full-time at what you do. You have been listening to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast with Jason Lynette. Please stop everything and start exploring jasonlynette.com for even more business influence and persuasion resources. Make it a priority right now to subscribe to this program and listen to every episode because the next one may reveal that one hypnotic influence secret to massively scale your success. Change your words, change your business, change your life. Get even more at jasonlinette.com.